Welcome to Conversation Matters, episode 7, with me, your host, Jerry Lynch. Today's very special guest is Bernard Casey, the man behind the milky teeth. Bernard, you're very welcome. How's it going, Jerry? Thanks very much for having me. You're very welcome altogether. It's fantastic. I guess a very timely episode, maybe, of the podcast, given the um, the current circumstances. How are you getting on with it all? Oh, not too bad, given the fact that the world is falling apart around us. It's a, <laughs> it's an aptly time to do uh, an interview on the world of comedy, I suppose. Do you know what? It, it would be worse if it was just something that affected your own industry itself and everybody else was grand. But I think the fact that everybody's in the same boat, we're all heading to the same destination of poverty and depression. So I think yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes it that little bit easier, you know. Everyone is affected except uh, Super Value. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we can all pull a bit of positivity from it, as you very rightfully say that we're all quite deep in the in the same boat. Like, yeah, exactly. When everyone is sharing the same burden, you know, it's not too bad. Like, it's it's like everybody being hungover that same Sunday morning after the stag. <laughs> You're not alone. Just talk. There's a lad next to you. Just go. I'm dying. I'm I'm absolutely wrecked as well. You're, <laughs> you know what? We're in it together. What's fine out? Yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me, Bernard, for for any any of the small few left around the country who haven't heard of you or who aren't following you, can you tell us a little bit about your day to day work? Let's say pre Corona. Yeah, I suppose uh, I'm a stand up comedian first and foremost. Really, that was always what I did. But uh, what has got me to more notoriety would be my short video clips, comedy videos on YouTube. Um, I would have done a variety of them such as like the irish oral the french oral the one of the polish irish barman then that really kind of that took off quite well particularly in poland where they uh, like to critique that video and they like to say <laughs> that nikita is not the polish name <laughs> it is russian name it's like if you look at every comment underneath that video it's just person after person from poland just being That's disgusted fair. it's it's just like an irish person going i'd say it's kind of like an irish person going oh my name is uh, henry even though the, he, he, people can be called Henry here in, in Ireland, but yeah, uh, yeah. still, I suppose it pisses them off. All right. I, after that, then I suppose the bigger one would have been the the local gossip uh, and the nephew with the teeth. So the milk teeth characters would have uh, from from stage and screen at the moment. I suppose I've, I've got quite a lot of work in the last year, and I've been um, delighted with it. You know, it's its own kind of niche. Because as a comic, everyone's looking for their own thing. If you go in search of it, it's hard to find, but it'll actually, some, if you just leave it come naturally, which I was very lucky for it to happen. And I just kind of just, just took it from there, really. And, and, and it's been good. Is there any key to the idea that that uh, local gossip with the teeth took off and, and you know, and, and the Polish barman and certain characters ahead of others? Well, I suppose the fact is that they're relatable. They are real characters. You know, it's not like when you, I suppose when you look at the characters such as Polish Irish barman or the, the gossip you you see someone else in it you're like I know someone like that I know exactly that's exactly like my uncle Jerry or that's a, like yeah, my yeah. that's like fucking Wojciech down in the barman he's got all the words off and everything yeah. so when it's relatable in terms of the character has to be very real as in and believable and that'll uh, that'll help yeah, very good. It's very. I suppose it's very much like content that, as you say earlier, about across different industries that you know, the keyword there is relatable, isn't it? If people can kind of buy into it, it'll take off. You then like it is. Yeah, you know, um, you know, even relatable doesn't even have to be a good thing, you know. But it's not a, it's not an essential thing either, you know. If you look at someone like David Max Savage, then who does Savage Eye, you know, and you some, see some of his characters are off the wall completely, but they work as well because. If he believes in them and he portrays them as believable characters, and then you believe in them, then you know it's yeah, a kind of a funny. It's a funny kind of way it, it works. Like 
if you believe your own bullshit, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well said, man. Well uh, said. So tell me, obviously, with the current circumstances, uh, work is obviously the brakes are on, I guess. Yeah, the brakes are certainly on, you know. Uh, I'm not in any different to anybody else, really, I suppose. Everything that I would have worked in, like, you know, comedy, stand-up comedy was one thing. So that's gone because venues are closed. And then I, I would have done drama classes for secondary school. So I would have done kind of comedy workshops. They're all gone from schools. The other thing was weddings. They were a big thing for me. Oh, yes. uh, the wedding video, the, that was a massive, kind of kept me so busy during the week. They were hugely popular. Like it was, it was a brilliant thing to do, you know, because all you needed really, there was no massive work in it for the, say the bride and groom or the best man or maid of honor who wanted to get the video done because they just had to gather the information. I'd give a template of just job, hobby, yeah, uh, yeah. hometown, random fact, friends, and just gather that from all the people at the top table and anyone else you want to talk about, throw yeah. it all together and uh, just pop it into an email to me. And then I'll, I used to sit down then for maybe, it would take about two or three hours anyway, where you'd sit down and you'd tie them all together, see like, okay, this fella's a truck driver, but she works for Super Value, so maybe they... They're connected. Oh, right, he'll be dropping stuff like, off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're connecting it all. And uh, it used to last about 10 minutes. We played generally maybe in the middle middle of the speeches, at the end of the speeches, as a kind of a surprise thing at the wedding. And, uh, geez, they were mighty. Like, uh, you know, you actually got to know so many people that you never meet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's mighty. I witnessed one of your wedding videos for the, the Conroy's below in Coro. I have a good friend. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, John Conroy. And I do say the way that you link them all in and you can... Again, maybe related to different family members and everything to his mighty stuff. That's you know? it, yeah. Right. And the, the fact that, like, John is from Coro, so I'd know a small bit about Coro, you know, like, it's a, a different part of the county to me, but you'd still know the things, like, there's kind of spar and there's the the football pitches kind of in line with the, the airport. So there'd be, there'd be things, <laughs> yeah. you know, there was all sorts of jokes you could throw in there, like, no wonder Coro yeah, would English. And would that be a case sometimes, Bernard, in, if the opposite occurred, where would you ever have to go off and, and kind of, as well as knowing the, the family members' names, that you might have to research some of the the community bits and pieces going on down there, etc.? Yeah, yeah, you'd have to research quite a lot, I, which I, I like doing that because um, I'd be huge into GAA, so like I'd, I'd look up, say someone would say they're from, um, let's say, look, a simple Skibbereen, so straight away I know O'Donovan Ross is the football club there. You know, right. so I'll just go, okay, Odin Rasa, I might Google that. And it says that the, the groom or the best man plays football for Odin Rasa. Google the last game, Odin Rasa versus Carberry Rangers. And you'll see your man's name. And you might see him being subbed at 45 minutes. <laughs> no good. I still, he was no good anyway. He was, he was checking after the McCarthy anyway. He was in Red Google has everything too. Like, you could type in fellas' names there and... And things would pop up about him winning a winning a car and the credit union lotto or something <laughs> like that. Because the people who ordered a video did, they're delighted because they're like, Jesus, I did, how did you know that? I didn't tell you that at all. I was like, oh, yeah, uh, I, I found out, you know, uh, you, I, there's ways and means, all right. <laughs> Absolutely, fair play to you, fair play to you, excellent. And um, Bernard, can I strip it right back? Because I'm very interested in the, in the let's say, career path or, or, you know, entering into a certain industry and then, and then your progression. If we could pick it up, kind of where your maybe your first video, your first character, or but the idea where you're kind of putting yourself out there and, and sharing content online, maybe for for the first time, and I suppose was there either a positive and and supportive people around you, or were you nervous? And you know, was it a positive experience or quite a negative experience yeah, between pre-posting and then kind of feedback straight after? Yeah, exactly. I, I would say it was a slow process for sure. 
because uh, Ireland, we're uh, renowned for being cutting whores. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like anyone who just, well, your man's gone away. Who else he gone? He's gone working in a, he's gone working in some music venue. Do you know? Who else he think he is? Sure, sure he not, you know, not hip hop music. You know, <laughs> that type of thing. So I was fully conscious and fully aware of that, uh, that kind of, what people would be saying there was no, so I just said to myself, look, there's no, no controlling this anyway. Do you know, you can't control what other people think. So I just, I suppose the first thing I did is I released um, kind of an audio visual clip. The very first one I used to do was a thing called Breaking Balls, where it was just me doing uh, the voices and I would tie it together with pictures and things like that. And that worked really well. And that got a great uh, reaction. So that kind of gave you confidence, you know. And then the next thing I did after that then was the B team. And that got, that was the first kind of viral hit. Excellent. where everyone they just loved it you know it was it was totally GA related country related you know just it was funny in the fact that it was a b team like junior b the lads were red raw useless like and it was pure slapstick comedy like but it worked and it, it got such a great reaction that you, you you definitely take confidence from it i suppose i definitely wouldn't be of the mind where you put stuff out every day constantly every day that's just not me like i wouldn't be comfortable with that at all like you know just kind of constantly posting about your life and your yeah for me just... it's about creating short video you know it's creating characters and creating a funny sketch and and promoting that like you know so i always say like even if would it say if you had a negative comment like i'm like it's grand because they're only you know they're commenting on the video like you know on the character not commenting on you as a person so and, and have grand. you experienced much of that bernard um you know compared to maybe others no i haven't been too bad no there's a few here and there all right but uh there's one there's one or two fucking apes on uh on youtube all right that, that run their own they run a string of accounts like but they're just fucking losers like you know yeah yeah and would you take any notice or, or would you just, just you know what it would piss you off for the first definitely get to you the first hour anyway where you see like some shit there be you know below the belt no need for kind of you know like and they, they know things about you too like they've been mentioning there the your your daughter and your boy your your fiance. I'm like, how the fuck does this let know? Yeah, and I hate that. Like, I'm like, don't be bringing others into it. Like, if you can fuck off. But then yeah. after an hour, then I'm like, hang on a minute, he's a loser <laughs> or she's a loser. Like, who does that? Like, I think Michael Healy Ray put it the best. He says, if you look look at the time that these people are are putting these things up, he says, three and four o'clock in the morning. Like, <laughs> have they anything better to do? So you're like, yeah, these are very sad people. Like, they're just at home. Yeah living in their own want you know <laughs> yeah, absolutely well said yeah it's just an interesting one to always anyone in your own position maybe it's something that i like asking about because i always remember even in my own work there with the personal training and stuff but just day you know day one and, and the very first time you either create the business page or yeah yeah it's just like jesus what you know, this could be all over in five minutes if it goes exactly yeah. i remember I, I suppose what happened with me there was um i went to spain myself and laura my fiance no we went to spain for a winter four months we went teaching there for just laura was on a career break and she went to vietnam and thailand and all that you know and i suppose when i came back from then like i was panicking because i was like I, i'm after in there practically a year out of the game you know of not making videos or not being uh, doing live shows so i was, was like, after posting some stuff and, and doing some work. yeah yeah after doing a, a fair enough bit like you yeah. know and doing a fair enough bit of comedy as well and i remember setting up the comedy page bernard casey comedy and like i just knew people were cringing to death you know? <laughs> <laughs> i just knew it like, i was like the boys like i was talking to someone that they're like 
was the comedy pitch. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know. Look, I if you set one up, I'd die a cringe as well. But I have to do it. It's it the way done. things are going. And uh, I remember doing that. And about a year later, every other comedian started doing it then. And I was like, oh, thank God I got this right anyway, <laughs> you know. Good man. And was there was there a phase of, of that slagging or it might still go on? Maybe I don't know, but with the buddies, like... Oh, of course, yeah, but it's never. It's all. It's only a bit of racket. Like that. actually, to add to that, is there a turning point where, geez, he's making a name for himself? You know, there would be. No, I suppose all my kind of friends and family are always kind of like fair play to you for doing what you want to do, and right. you know, not making a song and dance out of it either. Like I suppose yeah. you're just going away and you're doing it, and more power to you. You know, I always kind of had that, but I suppose with the gossip, really. I suppose I did Electric Picnic a couple of times before that as well, I suppose. Things like that, you know, you get big festivals. Remember, I supported Tommy Tiernan for a gig in London and, you know, all those small little accolades. People kind of would, would say, like, Jesus, this is uh, this is going somewhere pretty all right. Because so, it takes that, doesn't it, even... I don't know, maybe... It does, yeah, yeah. You know, it takes kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe a highlight reel, but, like, even I last year now we were involved with one of Pat Horgan's Easter camps with the kids and, and fellas take notes all of a sudden even though I'm doing it the last four or five years you know oh that's it yeah exactly yeah. Same. no I'd be doing gigs week in week out you know with all sorts above in Dublin and Cork and everything but once you kind of get half known from a video or something you know because I suppose it's a it's a world people don't know much about until they they look at it directly either yeah you know, like yourself too like they, they they wouldn't know that you've done the camps and all these people you'd be rubbing shoulders with and then when it's actually put in, on a plate in front of them to see it, they're like, oh, Christ, oh, my dear, I didn't know he was doing anything now. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. It's very true. And listen, Bernard, like on social media then, has it been the making of Bernard Casey, the comedian? In terms of popularity, for sure, yeah. I mean, would, right, would like, you be at the same level and, and accolades? I and... know. I suppose only for social media. I'd probably... You know, you'd have to be living in Dublin, really, to be doing comedy because you have more clubs there in terms of, you know, your seven nights a week and your access to auditions and ads and film work. So you'd, you'd have to be living there. And I'd say if you weren't doing so, social media, you'd just be just doing the festivals and an odd bit of this, that and the other. Like So social media has completely transformed, I suppose, the lifestyle of a comedian, really. For example, like if you look at Rory's stories and Connor's sketches, like they're they're lads that just did videos in their own house for the crack, yeah. their own entertainment. And before they knew it, they were huge news. Like, you know, and, and it's, for, for stand-up, it's totally different because it's a totally different game in terms of you're doing a live show in front of live people in a room. And, like, that doesn't transcend to camera and it doesn't really transcend to, you know, without an audience either. It doesn't, it doesn't get the same reaction. Like, it has to be, you know, there's certain comedians and things that are unbelievable live but you mightn't find them as funny on screen and things like that. S similar to some of my material as well. You'd be like, you'd need an audience to right. see that. So I think the social media, like it's it's allowed people to become whatever type of comic they want. You have your phone, you have your material, whatever you want to do. And uh, you can be just as popular in, in, in Vietnam or in Cambodia as you would be in, in Castle Bar, do you know? Yeah, I get you, yeah, yeah. And, and a kind of a side note, I hear away from my show notes, but is it a competitive industry from an outsider's view? Is it a totally different industry or is there a it, bit of that goes on? In terms of, the, I suppose there's two different worlds, really. You have the stand-up comedy world and you have the kind of the content creator world. Okay. And I think there's enough, there really is, you see, comedy is so, so uh, subjective to your taste 
that like there's enough room for everyone really in a way do you know i suppose you'd love to be the only way it would get competitive it would be getting a festival slot but that's if you do live comedy some people who do video creation they don't do live stand-up they just do that so they have their own market they have their own people you know they work whatever way they do and you might love them and hate me so you you'll get them for your business to promote a video or whatever yeah, if yeah. someone else it's a different demographic might love me and hate them and they get me so there's kind of enough room really in in terms of that type of comp- i suppose economic competitiveness really it's followership and popularity and things like that that be probably would be a certain amount of competitiveness and that you'd be definitely people would be going geez I'd, I'd i'd love to be doing what he's doing or what they're doing how do i get that do you know how do i get to those kind of corporate events or do, how do i do a podcast or how do i you know there's there's yeah. various different things and uh so it's it's kind of a funny in excuse the pun comedy is a funny business it is because it's so subjective it's so each to their own, do you know, really. And there is, in a way, there is enough room for everyone. Excellent. Yeah, well answered. And to flip it on its head, then, is it a supportive industry? It is, all right. I'd have to say people might see you doing doing well and they might be they'd be like, fuck it, and they might be jealous or yeah, you yeah. might be uh, like there's you might be jealous of others as well, you know, there's it we're all human, you know. If I thought of that now, I'd have done I'd have written like, something. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Like there's all sorts of that. And um the stand-up world can be a bit more cutthroat, all right, like because uh, people are battling for time slots and things. And there's money involved as well in terms of, you know, you give a headline spot or a support spot and things like that. So people be like they wanting to get that spot, like, you know, because, you know, you want to get paid for a spot and you want to get, you want to be climbing up the ladder and things. Stand-up comedy world will be more competitive in terms of wanting to be better than the act before and after you. I guess that's not a personal thing as such. It's, it's just no. your own. Focus on your own, your own, it's, it's, your own trade. Like it's your own trade. Like I know, look, others have a different viewpoint to that. Again, some others would be totally just about their own act, and they wouldn't care how good or bad the people were before them or after them or anything. But I think if you're a stand-up and you're going doing a show with four or five other comedians, you want to be the best on that night. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you really do. You want the audience leaving, going, do you know who was great? No, it was your man. Who was on second? He was great. He was my favorite. No, that's the yeah. kind of thing. But and even with some of the, as I, uh, on the same topic then, Bernard, with some of the bigger names there, I know you mentioned Tommy Tiernan, and, and at this stage you probably brush shoulders with, with a good few very well-known names. You know, are, are they are they quick to give you a word of support or encouragement? Yeah, they'd give you, they would, yeah, they'd be very supportive. It probably means a lot. Like, does it even, if, ah, it does. Exactly, like, you know, like it's rare you meet them because you only meet them at the festivals, really. Right, okay. The big names now, like, you know, like Tommy Tiernan and the only you make most of them lads now at uh, at festivals or the odd night if you were say in the international in Dublin or whatever or in right. city limits in Cork. But um, yeah, there's there's some good lads now. I suppose Carl Spain would be a great lad for for all kind of younger comics that were coming through. He was always very helpful with his advice, and you know he'd he'd offer it, yeah, without asking and things like that. And that's a that's a big thing for a, for a young comic, you know. Yeah, because uh, we'd be too, you know we'd be too shy and intimidated by a lot of the the, the fame of some comics. You wouldn't want to ask him what do you think of that. You mightn't want to. You mightn't like what you hear either. <laughs> well, that's true too, I guess. Yeah, but I, guess, I suppose it says a lot about a, a person, as you mentioned there, now with Carl Spain, that just to go to your way, just for a word of encouragement. You know, that's I know. It. I, yeah, that's I, good. It is, of course. It, it's uh, it and it doesn't take anything really. Like all it is is just. I, I, I'm I'm thirty now next week, so I'm kind of see, seeing lads who are maybe nineteen or twenty, and I'm doing it. I'd say, I, you know, I'd always give them the thumbs up. Fair play, to you, boy, that was good. Or and would you do that? Would you would you keep an eye on 
the up and coming as such, as you say, you know, maybe the lads five, ten years younger than you, you know, are doing the school projects, which we'll get to there in a second. But have you any interest in the up and coming and just keep going? Oh, yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah, massive. Like when you're in the, the stand up world, you're always chatting about who's coming up. And do you about your man there in Galway? He's very good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen him. He was down in Cork one night, or, you know, there's always that. And uh, I remember like Sinead Quinlan, no, she won the comedy award there on RT on Ray Darcy show. And like it was like hearing about it was like rumours about the Beatles or something, you know, do you hear about this new one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's supposed to be unreal altogether. And like, it's a mystery because I never saw her and it was like, there was fierce excitement like that and you'd be talking about, come here, was that one from, uh, was she on? She went, very good. And I'm like, jeez, because it's rare, you hear. Yeah. And yeah. someone, the comic goes, very good. They're mm. like, they're genuinely very good. They're hard to impress or such. Oh, comedians. <laughs> like I, I did a Zoom about two weeks ago. Eight comics all doing this kind of i don't know it was just you know this these are funny times so every there's trial and error people are trying different gigs like and like no way would anyone give each other a laugh like <laughs> it's just like holding it in even like it. no no we're just egotistical <laughs> maniacs like i was like no <laughs> there's nothing gonna be, no one's gonna bite anything here anyway yeah 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 you definitely keep an eye on the uh on the up and comings always i love i love open mics say like the five and seven minute spots you can always tell He's going to be good. She's going to be good. And you, you can always tell as well if someone doesn't have it either. Like, you know, uh, again, each to each their own interests. Like, but I'd be very interested in that because I suppose I'm always looking at who can I book if I'm booking a gig down in Kerry or, uh, you know, if I'm chatting away to the festival promoters, they're always asking any any up and comings down your area there. So I, I, I'm really delighted to, to kind of throw my hat in the ring and say like, oh, Perfect, yeah, and do you play a big part in that, Bernard? I was going to get to that as well. In like for a complete outsider in the let's say the entertaining world and bookings and ticket prices and everything that goes with it. Do you play a role in it? Or are you kind of told, look, this is happening there if you're in or if I'm booking my own show for for a venue? Exactly, like yeah. yeah. Well, I you know I would I set my own ticket price and we right. set time and date and everything. Like it's all negotiating, really. Like you know, you're right, okay. discussing this is how we do it now and whatever and uh so we do all that now ourselves like i had an agent for about six weeks and i was like this is a waste of time <laughs> you know i was like i can do all this myself i remember once i said i asked them i said come here like what what do you mean like what they say well like we're really useful because we'll check in with the venue the week of the gig and we'll you know we'll take care of all of that i'm like okay but like what do you check in with like what yeah, do you what ring do you them do? about oh just ask them how are ticket sales is the mic working? <laughs> like, I could do that myself. Like, I don't need to give you fucking thirty percent of my intakes. Oh, you know, it was just it, there's gonna be a time where comedy agents are just gonna be obsolete. Like, I guess they might have a place if you, with full respect to you, you know, as you grow up, as you. As oh, you, there is, yeah. For the younger guy coming up, like that, I hope, like, yeah, if, if you get to, you want to be on television, like, you want to be on Mock the Week and kind of things of like that, that kind of level, like. Do you know to be negotiating prices and all that, but like first startups, like when when I when I was starting out and things like that, it was just pointless exercise. But because uh, you you have to do it yourself, you have to graft it yourself. Like if you're relying on someone else to be organising and and trying to get you the radio and television slots and things like that, like you're you're going to get lazy, like and you can't rely on them either because they they have a business of forty or fifty other acts as well to look after. Like you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you have to do it yourself. And yeah, there must be a bit of work. So is there, Bernard, in terms of, you know, reaching out and... and uh... Oh, yeah. 
there, there's all sorts, man. You take kind of skills from every asset you did, like, you know, I'd say the uh, the old call center jobs back in the day <laughs> came in handy, like, you know, in terms of that. Like, you, there is, there's a lot. You learn a lot from others. You now, like, I toured with Fred Cook for, uh, I suppose, three or four months. We did a, Fred, Fred Cook now is the MC for the Tommy Tiernan show. Oh, um, yes. We kind of a joint show there for a while there at the end of 2018. And it was through his agency. And we kind of saw, kind of got to see how things work, you know, how, how to approach venues, what's the ticketing and pricing and advertising and i suppose now like with, with facebook and, and social media you know how how uh, advertising works itself it's because it's all online now you know absolutely yeah 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 i know is it in the same scenario then that you would have picked up like i know you've done as you as you mentioned the, the very popular uh the wedding videos and party videos and i know you did a bit of merchandise over the last couple of years and are you just picking those tips and you're tricks picking, up from, you are from, yeah you're, you're picking them up along the way and you see other people doing things as well you might you'll say oh i might do that but i might do it this way yeah. for what would work for my brand or whatever you know you would you you take tips and tricks from from everyone really and right. uh, a lot of comics have been good sound less there like con sullivan there a friend of mine he's always comes up with a good tip or trick there if so often he goes you, you should try there try selling this now before your show or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. And my, uh, my fiance lara as well she's deadly like some great things in fairness like she's very uh she's there she's kind of they're from a business family so she's very very good like that excellent she, yeah because even what stood out for me there even in the research and and i used to watch them live as they were posted but the videos purposely made to push the gigs were were very clever you know that you yeah yeah that would have been a new kind of format for myself i was like if i just thought how would I get me to buy a ticket to a show? Yeah. And if, like, if it was just me talking to the camera, hey, guys, uh, so doing the Opera House on the uh, 16th, whatever, you want to come? Yeah, tickets available here. I was like, no, I wouldn't even look at it. I'd, for, I'd forget about it, like, you know? Uh, so I just thought, like, I have to make this video. It has to be loosely about the event, but it has to be primarily funny, you know? It has, yeah, to, be, yeah. has to be a good sketch, and just you can have the information thrown in and at the end and it can be written in the post and all that but the, the primary focus of the video has to be uh, just a good solid comedy sketch excellent and i assume it's an effective method Huge, hugely effective it's all out the i you see like oh, like your man now uh, the guy who ran the whole thing for me shane driscoll he was on to me after he got after I did the first video and he said put out another one next month i said really he goes he goes, you have no idea how much tickets. He goes, it's almost sold out. Amazing. A week later, he said, uh, it's sold out. The first night sold out. He said, put out a second one. We're going to do a second night. And if you put out a second video, it'll... Uh, I've, he says, I've never seen tickets to go this fast from videos alone. Some sense of achievement and some kind of high for you, like. Oh, jeez, yeah. It was kind of, you'd be taken aback by it, really, you know. Mm, um, a bit overwhelming, maybe, at times. Oh, yeah, it was, you know, because I suppose I was so busy anyway with, with shows every week that you're kind of didn't leave it consume your mind too much and just yeah. kind of keep focusing on the show itself and trying to make the show good, you know. Uh, Brian O'Connor, oh, my uh, partner in crime, I suppose, he's the cameraman and AV man. He's on the decks there for the shows, so it's a very interactive show with, you know, phone calls and videos and yeah, 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 characters yeah. interacting with each other. So we worked quite hard on that aspect of the show. Laura, then my fiance worked well on the merchandise and all that kind of stuff, and we just kind of kept it nice and controlled. Let's say it was just making sure it was a good show that you couldn't, uh, if you didn't, <laughs> you'd probably have a panic attack. Yeah, I get you. And it's interesting listening to you there, Bernard, in that 
kind of mentioning the, the amount of different names involved because I always felt that with my own business as well, even though I opened up as a as a one-man show day one, but it was always a we rather than an I, like it's a team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. There's, like, there's always people giving you dollars great for things like you want to put a video out now, you haven't put a video out in a while. I'm like, oh, really? She goes, no, I, if I was following you, I'd want to see some great things like that and just common sense, really, and honesty, I suppose. You know, you need that type of uh, person behind you. And then, but Brian Connor, then he's just he's so diligent and professional with what he does and so calm, you know, because it's, um, it's unbelievably high pressure. Like before Vicker Street, we only got, we got in really late. Like we got in at like half five because that's the time the venue opens. But like we... I left a lot of things to be done at the end in terms of short video clips and things that and we were under massive pressure against the time and we had to do the dress rehearsal we had to do the sound check we had dancers we had everything to go through and like Brian who's the cameraman was just totally relaxed throughout all of it even though like he was probably <laughs> crying inside he was just totally calm as was Laura as were all the dancers and we we had um, Ben Kavanagh and Luke Murphy as well just everyone was so calm you know <laughs> so <laughs> We got it done, but I remember afterwards thinking, like, jeez, that was a cauldron of pressure. Like, you know, the show was great in the end, like, but jeez, beforehand, I definitely won't, I definitely won't be leaving things to the last you, minute. You live in Burn as the man said, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, Bernard, what I wanted to bring up to you is on the next topic here that you have a master's done in is a teaching. Yeah, um, I did this in uh, Hibernia, the uh, primary teaching, 2016 to 2018. Fantastic. Uh, just to kind of, <laughs> I suppose it was when I was. Uh, 26 i was looking at like people were saying to me you should do it because i was doing drama classes and things and they were like oh it'll be good to have it'll be good to have i was like oh no i don't want to do that no like two years of that kind of pressure like i thought i'd be taking my eye off the ball in terms of comedy and things it worked like yeah and yeah. uh i just looked at it and look it was it was online i didn't have to move to limerick or dublin or anything and i could do it my own time and all that so i went away and i, I did the, the two-year course and uh geez it was it was great in fairness i suppose a lot of the skills you take out of of, of hibernia you can translate into comedy as well you know like lesson plans and try to keep people's attention and, and all that kind of stuff must have been a huge support here given that the kind of ty and, and the, the workshops that you've been doing with students since you kind of launched your career as well yeah definitely i suppose number one it's a piece of paper you know if you're approaching a, a school about doing a drama workshop and it shows that you've done masters in education they're like okay well he's not just some fella off the street like so at least you know you're showing that you have uh, credentials as such i suppose and it definitely helps yeah, in terms of organization and, and lesson plans for school and it, those who aren't aware of it like there's introduction development and conclusion so you just how do i introduce it how do i develop it how do i finish it simple sure. as that really like but yeah yeah you learn different things all right different like and how to differentiate between you know, stronger and weaker students, etc. And maybe those whose English isn't their first language as well. There's there's other things like that. So Hibernia definitely helped in that that respect for sure. Excellent, excellent. And are those workshops, Bernard, are they popular across the country? They've been great. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I started it only two years ago, I'd say. I just did a few of them two years ago. I used to do them in primary schools when I was doing Hibernia, just to kind of keep alive, as they say. And a um, friend of a friend who taught up in Tipperary, asked me to come to do it for her transition years. I was like, oh, Jesus, that'd be different now. Yeah. So I looked up and I did, like, if uh, nothing better, I tell you, nothing will bring you back down to earth. Like, <laughs> after the IDC, the two shows, I remember that following week, I had, uh, that Thursday, I had 45 TYs for a drama <laughs> workshop in Tralee, in Irish. And like the first, <laughs> the first five minutes, I was like, 
boy, I'm back down to earth now. <laughs> <laughs> I said they don't they don't give a shit about you last weekend. They just they just want to be over here, like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was funny though, but it was it's brilliant. I, I really I really enjoy it because it's you're going to a different school every week, every day even. Do you know? You're just seeing different talents, different um, dynamics of students and everything every week, and it's fierce exciting. It's a I really, really love it, in fairness. Um, Brilliant. Like I've done a lot now around Kerry and Cork, obviously, would be the big thing, big place. But I've uh, done a good bit in Limerick, Clare, Tip, and uh, did a few in Dublin this year as well. So Excellent. hoping to develop that more and more now because it's um, like it's a good workshop because it's all the games that I did when I was in the Gaiety and when I was in uh, Stephen Afe and all other kind of comedy, improv, sketch games that are used by people in the actual industry. So... It's great to see students as well who actually who are really quiet, you know. They might be really yeah. quiet in in real life, and then they do the drama workshop. Uh, the teacher said, "Geez, I never knew he had that. He or she had that in them. I thought they didn't open their mouth." Yeah, yeah. So, yes. so there's there's a nice nice kind of there's a great outlet. Like, is it's drama is the only thing that that will actually allow people from two completely different backgrounds, two completely different interests, actually. Like have something in common for five minutes, you know. That's mighty. It's powerful stuff, yeah. In fairness, and as you mentioned there, Bernard, and touched on, in terms of you're obviously going in and you want to promote and you kind of want to share your own insights into into comedy and storytelling. But I'd imagine are some of the workshops based on promoting and improving personality traits like confidence, self belief. You know, I just mentioned the the shy student to kind of open up and come out of their shell a bit. Like, yeah, they're all they're all a a key aspect of it, really, because they're they're all kind of intertwined within comedy itself anyway. You know, like that's one of the first games I do in the workshop is just everyone stands in a circle and all you have to do is say your name, but you have to do an action with the name. Everyone is watching you like there's 30 students and it's actually really hard for, for some. But when they do it then, and then I get to do it again, but faster, and we put Very good. spins on it. And then afterwards, I was like, how did you feel doing that first? They were like nervous, awkward, and terrible, terrified. I was like, how did you feel after you do it? Grand, actually. It was a bit of a laugh, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. I said, yeah. that's all it is. Like, that's all drama is. Like, that's, it's just a bit of a laugh. And we can, we can start getting serious after a while. But it goes, initially, it's just, it's just having fun and expressing yourself. And, and uh, it, it's good fun like that because... Um, it's definitely a thing for giving interest, like because like sport is a huge aspect, particularly in in schools and as for teenagers in Ireland, you know, like if you're if you're good at football or hurling or soccer, like you're automatically at the top of the social ladder, you know, and if you're not yeah. in that group, then you you're either in between or kind of you know, there might be some people who might be trying to find their feet and find their interests, and I think drama and acting and music as well, like they give such a massive outlet to people who aren't into sports and aren't yeah very very well said actually because i think there was a previous podcast obviously again kind of pre-corona but looking forward to the summer the topic of if you take sport or activity or exercise related um summer camps out of the equation what's left for the kids you know yeah exactly yeah there's a whole pile in terms of all those things are great because they're group focused if it's all interaction social interaction and all that and uh drama is a massive thing like that as well you're as as i kind of said already as well is that like i remember my first day of dramas drama school (laughs) my first day of drama school like there was me i was there right an old a country lad all ga fellas my right now didn't even know what ga was yeah there was a german girl to my right who had very little english 
and in front of me then was uh, you know a guy with a tattoo on his face you know yeah and we, and we all you know we, we all got a lot we all got out of it yeah, we, yeah. we were put into a group of four and i was like jesus completely like mixed group here now and they just gave us a topic uh make a sketch about uh being late for school and then that was it and afterwards the four of us had a great laugh we're like ah, that was a, a man there it's actually sound to be honest <laughs> you know. would you have been shy and reserved growing up as a, as a younger man uh no i wouldn't say so to be honest is there drama in the family is there acting in the family no there isn't actually in any term but i suppose there's not really my father's a fisherman my mother was all is always very funny in fairness to her. she's always very quick-witted yeah and, uh, definitely i'd pick up on that as well like so and uh my brothers were always very sharp as well, good at improvising and or impersonations, things like that. Right, like, yeah. yeah, they were on little different interests. Like in, even my yeah, sister, yeah. sister as well, we're growing up, we were always watching like different type of comedies. Like, you know, people used to be watching Friends and whatever. We were watching like The League Gentleman and The Fast Show and all these yeah, 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 really dark English comics <laughs> comedies yeah, yeah. that were probably non-age appropriate for us, but I'm sure we were delighted to be watching. Yeah, you know? happy and it was always like, you know, Things that were maybe a bit a bit off the beaten track, you know, like that things hidden gems and things like that. And you're gonna yeah, get interested yeah. in it, and you get really interested and you see different styles of comedy and different styles of movies and things like that. So you get uh fierce interested from that then. And were you uh, I meant to ask you hundred and one times throughout this conversation, were you are you going goers at home or is it just couple of fuckle you have? Oh just couple of fuckle <laughs> couple of fuckle like that, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I we wouldn't be girls talked at all, like Port McGee's kind of it's Next to Balan Skellix, which right. is a girl tech, but we wouldn't be, we'd be far from a girl tech. No, it's a no, I mind it came from, from my Irish, no, it really came from Hibernia, really, when I had to do it, you know, I had, to, right, okay. I had to brush up on it. And we would go to the girl tech out in West Kerry for two weeks each summer for two years. Um, living in a house with a man back in Fionach who doesn't speak anything but Irish for two weeks each summer, <laughs> that can definitely improve you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fair play, yeah. But that's excellent, Bernard. So what I wanted to do next, my man, I think I sent it on to there in the show notes. I just had a, a quick fire couple of questions, I'm sure. They're the ones that you're sick to death about answering, but for... Sure, sure. Fire away, yeah. we'll see what we, there's what we say. There's only a few of them there. We might we might fly through. They're probably the ones that are on the front of everyone's minds if they ever met you. Well, all right, fair so, away. We'll kick off with your favourite character. I suppose the top... My own top three would have been local gossip and, and nephew and, and definitely the Polish-Irish barman. But have you a favourite one yourself? I would say the gossip because he was the guy that started it all, really. But I think um, in term, in going forward, I think the nephew is going to be the future. Yeah, I think he's getting well um, well received online, I'd imagine. Yeah, there's more shape to him. I think there's there's more you can do with him because he's young. Uh, he's an old snake as well, like so. There's yeah, a, yeah. He has many different sides to his personality. I think. Yeah, what's mighty actually is, and I I know you went uh, in fairness. I know you're doing some live Facebook work for for the rest of us here during corona but when the two of them interact it's mighty like oh yeah yeah that's always good fun like it's hard to do it live because you know it's the same person but uh, yeah, yeah you know it's good fun doing it that way uh like on camera and things it's great like when i do a sketch like you know i would do all the i would do all of one character first and then do all the other characters so generally i would do all the gossip because he's better at renting right you rent away he'd be like oh i'd say right <laughs> Say, oh, the, the nephew can say that. No, <laughs> write that down. Throw on the fucking shirt and away you go. And the topic, Bernard, is there any, I suppose, maybe two part question, any least favorite, which might be an odd question, but in your research and your, your practice and your, your homework at home, is there any character 
going that hasn't made the cut or didn't work? Um, well, I suppose I haven't developed the whole pile of characters for in terms of long longevity. I suppose. Okay. Uh, the Polish Irish barman could still do with a lot of developing. I think just haven't given him the time. The Dublin taxi driver as well. He there's a lot in him as well. I just haven't given them as much airtime yet. Do you know? Okay. I, I, I I'll see how they go. I, um. Is that just interaction online or kind of requests or? You know, when you're judging who's best to go with, like oh, that yeah, interaction online, and I suppose the merchandise as well, the sales and merchandise as well is a big thing because it was all just gossip mugs before I used to have, yeah. And uh, the nephew cup sold way more at Christmas, uh, just from people talking too, as well. People would all say, I love the nephew, yeah. I think, yeah, uh, the nephew also transcends to um, maybe those who aren't into like that culture kind of tone, you know, because right. the, the gossip is a pure and utter bother, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like he's hard to understand for some and from someone look or looking in from the outside they'd be just going oh what's this is some old lad ranting and rearing but the nephew you have to listen to because he's such a different accent and a different, i get you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, he, i think he's probably giving us a, a different uh, demographic you know yeah excellent and was the I, I have to ask you as a fan myself is the polish barman based on a real a real man somewhere he's He's on um, the money, like, absolutely on the money. Yeah, yeah, he's based on a few people that came to Port McGee during uh, the noughties, I suppose. Right. Uh, uh, everyone's like, oh, that's Paul, anyway, that's definitely yeah, Paul. Yeah. There was a few more as well that I kind of, there was a there was a, a woman that used to work there as well. Uh, she had a very, very Kerry accent, like, like she was so <laughs> quick-witted. Like, I won't say her name because she killed me. But she, I remember one time, we were in the bar and uh, I was sitting next to this fella. I was having uh, my lunch. I was having a bowl of soup or something. And uh, there was this heavy drinker, we'll say, right. next to me. And he asked her for a pint of Heineken. And she gave him a pint of Heineken. He goes, is that on the house? She goes, it is, yeah. It's on your house. Now 450 quick. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, I love that. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's some turn of phrase. Like, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. There was, there was uh, it's based on three people that came to worked in that bar. And would you have, would you have interacted with any real person who a character is based on it and got feedback that or do, would they would the real person know or such? Paul is fully convinced it's him. Like, and he every time he sees me, he's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he sounds like he doesn't. Ah, uh, that's mighty, mighty. Enjoy it, like so. No, they, like everybody thinks the gossip is someone as well, but like the gossip is is everyone and no one. Yeah, as you as you said maybe earlier on in the conversation that that we all have a gossip maybe in our own community. Like, that's you know, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mighty, like. And Bernard, would you have had a favourite venue now that you're so so well travelled around the country and in, in England? Um, I suppose the INEC was was brilliant. Like you couldn't really top that. Uh, Vicar Street courses, yeah, they're great. Like they're amazing venues. But I suppose in place in terms of places that I played more regularly, uh, city limits, Cork is class spot really. It's got a massive history in Irish comedy it's as iconic, well. Like, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's iconic. Like, and it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. Any any show I've done there now, I'm like I did my solo shows there. I'd be fantastic, like, so I really yeah. love that. And would the, the INEC, is it top of the CV at the minute? Is it the one for you? Oh, like? For sure, because, look, it's the highest capacity. Like, there was, it, it holds 2,000 people plus, like, so. Uh, the staff there as well were fantastic, like, the sound engineers and the lighting, and there was, such, everyone was so chill, like, you know. And there yeah, was, yeah, yeah. There was no major pressure, or, you know. Everyone was lovely, like, so we had a great laugh there, like, and, you know, most venues are like that, really, in fairness, because anyone working in the kind of, the arts industry, like, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be high-fucking maintenance people, like, you know, we're all kind of relaxed and into 
weekend, you know. We're just we just want to see a good show, really. Excellent. At this stage now, with like that amount of experience under your belt, are you, are you nervous getting out, or are you hungry to get out there and get going? Yeah, definitely. I think after INAC weekend, so the two nights of it, like I remember, I was fucking mad for road again. Like I wanted to go into into the city, uh, into Coco Club there. It's um, in the Roundy. Oh, oh yes, upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Wednesday, like my, my friend Con runs it, like. And I was I was gonna go in there on the on the Wednesday and try out a new five minutes and I was gonna go down to Collins on Tuesday and do as well and sure I hit a wall then Monday evening I was so tired. You were knackered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I couldn't do anything for three or four days. Yeah, yeah. But uh, although always um, wary of the fact that look you've done a big show like that now, uh, when people come to see you in a small venue, they're, you're gonna have to be good. You know, yeah. you can't just be willy-nilly about, about your, yeah, yeah. Your, your, your standards when you do bigger venues your standards have to raise with it like so it's uh it's a bit of pressure on that that light but it's good it's good to have that Jeez, fair play to you, man that's mighty and and next on my list here i suppose i might be able to guess the answer with with your um with your studies and your your uh, workshops but if, if comedy wasn't the main gig would you be would you be teaching or, or working i with, probably with, would have been teaching i'd say um other than that i used to work in in a in Fexco and Carstavine, I used to work in uh, Aer Lingus. I used to be in the call centre there, and I thought that was great crack. Like most people <laughs> hated it, but I was like, I thought I found it fierce interesting because <laughs> there'd be lads calling you up there like on a Tuesday morning, panicking about their flight to Bilbao in the middle of October. I'm like, I'm like what the fuck's bringing this lad to Bilbao on a Tuesday? Like, you know, <laughs> you might be better off not knowing. Maybe uh, I, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, and I really enjoyed that. And when I I went to Dublin, then after that do acting like and I was like is there any like I kind of like this job I said is there any any uh, opening above in Dublin they were like no nothing at all <laughs> and I was trying to I was applying left right and centre for like kind of airline kind of you know that kind of racket like yeah, yeah, yeah. logistics I suppose if you'd say it like travel and things like that and right uh, tour operating thing like that I was mad mad into that at the time like yeah. and uh, fuck, I tried over here nowhere but I couldn't get any job <laughs> I ended up getting a job in some uh, sales place for ink and toner. Oh my god, man! It was tragic altogether. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely tragic. Yeah. So I left it behind me. By fucking. Behind you. Good man yourself. Yeah. Have you a favorite comedian or, or any man you you purposely tune in to watch? No. I always loved Terry Alderson in, in England. He's a brilliant comedian. Actually, got to do a kind of a live Zoom thing with him a couple of like, weeks ago. Great guy. Oh. Uh, I love David Max Savage at the moment as well. I think he's fucking brilliant. Uh, both live and his comedy he's just totally it's, I think I suppose he's so fearless really he doesn't kind of care offends or anything I suppose it's probably an aspect I'm jealous of really because I'd hate to offend someone you know yeah 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 yeah. Uh, he's class like I just think it's, it's, it's brilliant him uh, John Cleary who would have uh, been in the Savage Eye with him of course like love Tommy Tiernan always you know excellent uh, yeah Dylan, Dylan Moran was always my favourite growing up though in fairness in terms of just his ability to make uh, make very abstract things so normal. I just love normal. this. Excellent, well said. And Vernon, in terms of maybe anyone listening in now, or, or I suppose, again, maybe a two-part bigger question, but in terms of advice maybe that you've received or that you've given out, again, as I say, maybe it's the same piece of advice, but, it, you know, as, as we've mentioned, starting their business page, regardless of industry, or maybe more close yeah. to home yourself, if it's comedy and storytelling and the rest of it, or entertainment, is there is there any one bit of advice might stand out? A small thing that I was told by cousin Paul O'Sullivan from Dublin. He's uh, he's from Fort McGee, but living up there, and uh, my dad's first cousin. And uh, he said a great thing to me one day. I just met him in the bar by accident once, and he just uh, said, 
are you going for, you know, I told him I was going for the comedy and I'm going to try it. But I was looking for a nine to five. I'm looking for a kind of a office job and whatever, you know, just to, and he just goes, just turned to me and like, this is a man now who's done, done well with his, you know, with his, with his life. Yeah. And he just goes, there's enough white collars in the world, Bar. Go in, <laughs> do what you want. And I just said, Excellent. that's a great bit of advice. I took that. Yeah. And uh, if I was offering advice, say if you're at it, if you want to go down into music or art, or comedy or anything like that but you're like you're in a job and you're like oh i better be stay safe no with the job and i won't bother with this i'd say look at imagine yourself as a 44 year old in that job and that you didn't take up the comedy or music or anything like that and now you're 44 and you might you might be just in you might be got a promotion in that job would would you be happy and would you look at those around you that are in the similar who are also doing music in that circle and where they know what if they made it or what if they're happy or what if they and like it's never it's never about making it like it's about for the world of comedy anyway it's about like making it your your living that's what it is like yeah so making it your living and doing nothing but that but uh, i would say say to yourself would you be happy when you're 44 years of age still doing this office job and and you never pursued it i said go ahead and pursue it be persistent be clever like you know you, you have to make money too like to survive so i think about how you can make money as well like and, and do it at the same time like there's no way you can give it up if you say like there's no yeah. way I'm, I'm going to give this up like ever then then it's for you you have to follow it just yeah. follow it if it doesn't work out so be it but just follow it anyway Excellent. Fair play to you, boy. Well said. My next and last question, and, and my show notes here, is where they can find you. I'd say there's not a, a fella in a corner of the country doesn't know you at this stage, but... Oh, find me on the Facebook, though. Oh, type in the video. Uh, and on that Instagram as well. Type in Burner Casey Comedy in, into any separate social media apps, and you'll find it all right. Good job, boy. That's the job. Listen, Burner, thank you so much, my man. An absolute pleasure. And, uh, no bother, Jerry. Thanks very much, boy. Well, listen, stay safe in the current circumstances. Mind them all at home. And the very best of luck with everything going forward. Thanks very much, Jerry. Little Rosie May, my daughter, will keep us busy now for the next uh, foreseeable future. So we'll stay busy with her at home now for a while. Happy days, happy days. Thanks, Bernard. Take Thanks, care. Sorry, take it easy. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share and tag us and leave a review. As always, you can find us at www.jlinchpt.ie or across all our social media platforms with the handle at jlinchptcenter. Mind yourselves, mind each other and stay safe. Until the next one, cheers.